A good Erev Shabbos, dear friends. We are in Parshas Korach. There is a fascinating series of psukim. Klausrel complained about Moshe and Aaron. Once again, we're in Perik Yud Zayin, starting with Pasuk Yud, where Klausrel again complained against Moshe and Aaron, this time for um, destroying so many Jewish people's lives. That means uh, that Achvei um, Dosso and uh, 250 men. And uh, so Hashem again appears and says to Moshe and Aaron, um, remove yourselves from this congregation and uh, I will destroy them in a moment. And Moshe and Aaron fall on their faces. And then Moshe says to Aaron to go grab the Ktoras and run and stop the plague. He runs and he stands um, between the dead and the living. And then this is how many people passed away in the plague. And then Aaron comes back to Moshe at the entrance of the tent of the Mishkan. And the plague has been stopped. That's a short summary of the Psukim from Yud to Yudalad. There are many questions to be asked on these Psukim. We'll open up with five. It's unusual the Moshe and Aaron only fall on their faces. We don't see here a uh, an, an explicit tefillah to Hashem to forgive the people, like has been done many times until now. Um, then Moshe has this great idea of bringing the Ktoras out to the people. Where did he get that from? Um, what is exactly does it mean for Aaron to stand? between the dead and the living, seemingly they are scattered amongst people, you know, there's some over here, some over there, how does one stand uh, between them? Why, why does the Pasuk seem to indicate that the plague only ended when Aaron came back to Moshe? Seemingly it ended back there, back back at the end of Pasuk uh, Yud Gimel. Because in Pesach Yudalad already we have a summary of how many people passed away, etc. So why does the plague uh, described as only being over um, in Pesach Tasvav? And finally, and this is the, a philosophical question that, is, that penetrates all these questions, is how can Moshe instruct Aaron to go and counteract a divine decree? Hashem says, I'm going to destroy them. And then Moshe tells Aaron, quick, go get the Ktoras, and we're going to save these people. And it seems like Aaron succeeds at that. That's a Pella. How, how could that possibly be such a thing? So, the Rashi deals with a number of these questions. First of all, Rashi tells us where Moshe Rabbeinu knew this from. This was uh, a secret that was given over to Moshe Rabbeinu from the angel of death, when Moshe Rabbeinu had gone up to the heavens to receive the Torah, um, and he got it as a gift from the angel of death. It's a Gemara in Shabbos, Pechas Hamud Beis, over onto Pechas Hamud Aleph. Uh, we, will, we will 
we'll learn that Gemara soon uh, carefully. But so that's how Moshe Rabbeinu knew how to do that. The there is a machlekes amongst the Mefarshim, this falling of, uh, on their faces of Moshe and Aaron, was it, some Mefarshim do say that it was a tefillah, um, some say it was not, that they couldn't, they didn't manage to uh, daven to Hashem to actually get this decree annulled, they couldn't, uh, the, the, couldn't get the words out properly, that last shot is the Balaturim. He says that uh, uh, they, they didn't manage to successfully have a tefillah. But the uh, Dei Magdover has uh, maybe a compromise, Derech HaMelech, a middle uh, shot to kind of explain all that's done them, is that he says that, that they did daven, uh, they, and we kind of see it from the from the psukim themselves, when Hashem threatens, He says, "You know, um, get yourselves away from this congregation." And I will destroy them in a moment. It'll be instantaneous. And then Moshe and Aaron fall on their faces. And then Moshe says to Aaron, "Go and get the Torahs because a plague is breaking out." Now, plague, as we see over here. Plague takes time. A plague is spreading. A plague is killing people, but it's not an instantaneous death to the entire congregation, uh, which the Imagdaver says would be more like a makas bechoros, where literally just that's it. In, in, in the moment, they, they, they all they all they all die. So if, in the moment they all die, there's no opportunity to intervene. There's no opportunity to bring the ktoras. So this was a so Moshe and Aaron had managed to get a partial. Um, a downgrade, meaning to, to arouse some mercy, and although they didn't manage to completely uh, stop the, any punishment for Israel, but it's not that nothing happened. Um, that's what uh, there was a shift from a something like a Makas Bohoros, where everyone would have died instantaneously, to something much slower that was spreading, and now Moshe Rabbeinu understood that this left an opening for intervening with the Ktoros. Rashi goes on to tell us that what does it mean that Aaron stood between the dead and the living? It, it doesn't, it's not going on Aaron. Because there's two, they're all over the place. You can't stand between the dead and the living. Um, it means that who is it that stood between the dead and the living? It was the, it was the Malach Hamavas, the angel that was uh, there was killing people. That the, this was the Magefa. The Magefa stopped. That those that had already died died. But anyone who was living, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't touched by it. I Meaning it, it stopped dead in its tracks. And how was it stopped? It was stopped through Aaron going out there with the Ktoras. and that's why. Um, the, the plague only died when Aaron came back because Rashi tells us there was a fascinating conversation. This is what we really want to get into. There's a fascinating conversation that took place between Aaron and the Malachamovas. So Aaron ran out there and he grabbed them. He stopped them uh, through the use of the Ktoras. So the angel said to him, 
leave me alone so I can go and do my, I'm a messenger of Hashem to go and do what I'm, what I'm sent. So Aaron says to him, Mamosha Rabbeinu sent me to stop you. So he just says, okay, but Hashem sent this to, to, to do this. So Aaron said to him, Moshe does not do anything from his own heart. Everything he does is because it's from Hashem. If you don't believe me, so we see over there, there is Moshe over there together with Hashem by the Pesach Moed, by the tent of the Mishkan. Let's go and we'll ask them. And that's what it says when he came back, that's when the plague stopped. The, the, the Shakla Vatari over here, this discussion between them is uh, unbelievable. It sounds, it sounds like, a, like a children's book, right? What kind of a back and forth are we seeing over here between Aaron and the, and the angel? Um, angels know whatever is the reality, the, 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 and there's no, there's no discussion back and forth. Do you believe me? Do you not believe me? If there was a decree from Hashem, so it's, so it's a spiritual decree. Hashem changed the reality. So then the angel would, would know it instantaneously. Uh, why? How is it that Hashem made such a decree and yet the angel didn't know about it? Uh, this angel, and he has to go, he has to go physically over to the tent of, of, uh, of, uh, of the Mishkan to fight, to ask. Uh, this is, it sounds like we're talking about um, very, you know, like uh, poorly managed uh, government officials who don't don't receive orders and don't know how to follow them and uh, and there's a breakdown of communication. What's this whole shaklavataria? If Hashem did say it, so that's it. So it should just be over. And if and if Moshe said it, so then so then so then so then the angel's right. So there's a whole big back and forth over here. That has to be understood. Um, the there is another back and forth that took place between the angels, and that's the Gemara that we wanted to revisit, where where Moshe Rabbeinu received this secret of the of the Torahs. The like we said, Rashi very briefly cites the Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos is a much longer Gemara. Uh, talks about Moshe Rabbeinu going up, and when he was there, uh, to receive the Torah, so he was afraid that the angels would destroy him, and Hashem said to him, because the angels were saying that the Torah should be should stay in heaven, and uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is not fit to take it, and also not, you know, that humanity down here are not fit to take it, so Hashem said, respond to them. Moshe Rabbeinu said, how can I? So Hashem extended to him the, the leg from the divine throne. And when Moshe Rabbeinu took hold of the leg of the divine throne, so a holy radiance shone upon him and he was encircled by a, by a cloud and he responded to the angels, the famous answer that we all know, that in the Torah it says, Ki aim, do you have a father and mother, mother that you should have a struggle with that? And the Torah says, don't steal and don't kill. Do you, do you, have, do you have an issue with that? All these things that, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that's written in the Torah, these are all issues that we have 
that that is coming to command us. It's not it's not for you. And when the angels heard this response, they were all gobsmacked and had just had no answer and were totally understood that that Moshe Rabbeinu was right and they imiyad immediately they became lovers of his ohevim and um, and they gave him they they gave him matanas they gave him gifts and that's what the pasuk says alisalim arom you went up there's a pasuk in tehillim you went up to the to the heaven shevisa um, shevi you've captured a, a captivity you you took something lakachta uh, Matonos Be'odom. And you took gifts Be'odom. Which is obviously a strange word. How do you read that word? Be'odom. So the, the Gemorrah here, it says, Bishar Shekara'ucha, Odom, is a reward for being called Odom, Lakakta Matonos. You took gifts. And even the angel of death gave him a gift, which, which, which was the Taurus. And that's what we see over here, where Moshe sent Aaron, and he stopped the Magev. Okay, it's a very uh, difficult Gemara. Um, we'll just rattle off some some kashas over here. Do angels have free will to argue with Moshe? What are the angels thinking uh, to keep the Torah? Do angels have free will and the ability to accept or reject arguments? Um you know, we, uh, I guess I'll just back up to the previous one. If it, did the angels ever actually look inside what the Torah says? Did, did they actually ever read it? Because if they did, it does say all those things. So seemingly they should have known that. And if they never look, bothered to look inside, it's a pretty weak argument to try to keep something that you don't even really know what it is. So assumingly they, assuming that they did know what it was, so then what changed? They knew already it says it in there. So somehow they felt that Afal Pekin, they, they can keep it. So then what's Moshe Rabbeinu introducing you to the, to the mix? Um, do they have free will to, uh, to now come to love him and give gifts? And these gifts that they're giving him, what, do they have possessions to give? What, what are these gifts? Why are they giving them? Um, many questions that could be asked on this Chazal. The Maral in Tiferes Yisrael, Perichov Dalad, um, really opens up this Maimer Chazal and explains that whenever you have, he, he explains this in many places, and this is, uh, it's, once, once a person thinks about it and contemplates it, it's obvious, when there is a shaklavataria, a back and forth, a discussion, a seemingly an argument of uh, points and counterpoints, that is happening, whether it be between Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoyer and the and and the river that he was crossing, or uh, a discussion between between um, you know the the Yamsuf and Hashem, all, all these things. What they're all coming to say is that there is a it's a description of the spiritual reality that on the one hand it's like this, but on the other hand. Something is different about it, and, and there's that, that's, the, that's the back and forth. So over here, number one is the angels represent the, 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 the position that the Torah is, of course, we all know, rooted in very, very high worlds. 
uh, there's a Torah of down here, the Torah of the world of Asiya, the lower Torah that we see, and there's what's called the Torah of Atsilus, the very, very deep Torah, which, uh, like Hazal tell us, is the entire thing is uh, nothing but Sirufi Osios, of, of, of the divine names. It's all letters from the divine names and different permutations. Which means there's a very high, high, high Torah that is nifshet from Humris. It is completely devoid, completely disconnected from physical mitzvahs, from physical, from the physical world, from physical things. It's, it's, a, it's very, very high conceptual, let's just call it Kabbalah for that for now. And that's what that's what uh, which is a, a manifestation of the greatness of Hashem, a revelation of of, of the divine names. That's what, that's the Torah that the, that the angels knew. That's the Torah that the angels wanted to keep. And they're saying this Torah is so special, so holy. You're going to take it. You're going to drag it down to this world. It's going to take on these outer garments of practical mitzvahs, physical punishments, and and, and allowances and and uh, commandments. That's that's uh, it, it's it's a certain level of degradation of the Torah. That was that was their uh, argument. So the question is, what does Moshe Rabbeinu respond back to them? His response back to them is unbelievable. First of all, his response can only come when Hashem extends to him the the leg of the divine throne. It means to say that Adam, being an Adam, being a physical being, being someone who's down here in the physical world, with all the challenges. He's someone that can accept upon himself the divine kingship. And by accepting it, bringing it by, by Hashem, the, the divine throne, so to speak, comes down lower, down here. And Moshe Rabbeinu can lay his hand on it, can become a mekabal, a recipient for the old Malchus Shemaim, for the divine throne, to take it, to, to take hold of it, to say, I am connected to this. I am accepting this upon myself. And through that, he is... He becomes the center of the divine radiance. Means uh, as I'll say, the angels are going to be asking the tzaddikim, "Mapal kale, what is Hashem doing?" Meaning, there's going to be an inner circle, which is the tzaddikim staying close to Hashem, and the angels are going to be on the outside asking us, "Mapal kale, what is Hashem doing? What is Hashem up to?" Means that the ultimately. Although right now in this world, because we are physical, angels are higher than we are. But really, the fact that we can be a recipient for the divine will, for the fact that we can change and overpower and overcome our Yetzirah and the challenges that we have in this world, as a result of the divine command, that makes us the closest to Hashem. So to speak, the wife of, 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 the, of the king, as opposed to his ministers, his ministers are all up there with, with the king in the war room. His wife, she doesn't know about all those things. But she is the recipient of it. That, so if, you, if all the angels are around, they're surrounding the divine throne, but Moshe Rabbeinu is directly underneath the divine throne. He's the one that's, that's, that, that it's speaking to. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. He said to them, Davka, the challenges that we have, exactly the fact that we have a Yetzirah, exactly the fact that we have these challenges. Therefore, the Torah by us can be transformational. The Ratzon Hashem can go and change what we do and what we are. And that's the biggest kid Hashem that could ever be. Whereas with you, all it's going to be is just as going to be in itself. Here, the Torah is going to manifest that the Ratzon Hashem can transform worlds. That is a 
unbelievable things, unbelievable power that the Moshe Rabbeinu demonstrated that an Adam has. And that is why now, immediately they all accept this argument. I'm, I am having to, unfortunately, tremendously shorten the words of the morale. The, it is very, very worthwhile to go through that parak uh, carefully, be'iun, through the whole parak. It's, it's unbelievable, unbelievable how every word he makes it ring. But for our purposes over here to understand the questions that we're asking in the parsha, it suffices to say. So now I want to come back to the matanos that the malachim gave. What does it mean? The, the, so first of all, they all became lovers of his. It means uh, it means that they, they they developed a connection. But not only that, they gave him, they gave him matana. It means they gave him something from themselves. It, it, we're not talking about that they happen to have a um, a nice necklace in their in their in their. You know, in the in their jewelry box that they gave him, they gave him. It means they gave him from themselves. They gave him. What does it mean to give him from themselves? Since Moshe Rabbeinu is a recipient from the divine throne itself, it makes him the central figure in in the entire existence. Him meaning he's the representative of Adam. He's but Adam. He he took these gifts by being an Adam. That's 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 the pshat according to the Maral. That being an Adam, being someone who is a recipient. To Hashem, someone who is a makabel, someone who who does the rats in Hashem, even though he didn't have to. Meaning to say, even though he could have potentially not, but he recognizes that this is what should be done and changes as a result of it. That is that that's the bukhina that Moshe Rabbeinu over here is representing the bukhina of Adam, the level of being an Adam, and so therefore the angels all turn themselves over to him, so to speak. Each one gave Moshe Rabbeinu the keys to the car. The, each one gave him the keys to himself, the ability to control himself. And here we see angels are not free will players. They can't give or not give something. It was not up to them if they give or not. It means Moshe Rabbeinu reached a level where the entire spiritual worlds recognized that everything operates according to the needs of Adam, according to the needs of, of Atem Karuim Adam, Navi Yishaya says to, to, to Klaus. Adam Atem. That's, that's the Bechina the Moshe Rabbeinu represents over here. So he was handed over, not, not from only from all the angels, but even from the Malach HaMavos. Even the power over, 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 over the Malach HaMavos was, was, was uh, given to Moshe Rabbeinu. So now we come back to this, uh, to this discussion that took place between, uh, b- between Aaron, and Moshe, uh, Aaron and Moshe on the one hand and, and, and the Malach HaMavos on the other. So Moshe sends Aaron... And he stops the Malach. How did he stop the Malach? He came with the power. The, he's a Shlucho Shalom Kemoso. Shlucho Shalom Kemoso. Aaron was sent by Moshe. Moshe has been empowered by the Malach HaMovus. Malach HaMovus had acknowledged to Moshe. That Moshe has the power over him to stop him. So Aaron comes with that power. With the power of the Torahs. And says, you have to stop. The Malach says, It's true. That, 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 that I did, that I handed, that, that I acknowledged to Moshe, that he's the Iker, he's the primary, and I'm only here to service him, so to speak. But here I'm doing a, a Ratzon Hashem. Here I'm doing the Siva Hashem. Now Aaron says back to him, Moshe doesn't say anything if not from Hashem. Now, clearly, if Hashem had actually said it, then, then there's nothing, first of all, then there's, then, then there's no need for a Torahs. There's no need for, for Aaron to go wrong with any Torahs. If Hashem said, that the Magevah should stop, so the Magevah stops and it's finished. 
Yeah? So the fact that the Megifa didn't stop means that Hashem didn't say it like that. He didn't say it explicitly. Right? And that's why the Malach is saying, I'm, I'm commanded by, by, uh, by, by Hashem. Aaron is saying that, had you ever seen... Aaron just said, no, Hashem said it. He didn't say that. He says, Moshe never says anything unless it's from Hashem. Which means, he's saying a general principle. He's saying, he's not saying right now Hashem said it. He's saying, everything Moshe says is from Hashem. So if Moshe is saying it, then we can believe that it's from Hashem. So understand, you are, was it from Hashem or not? So the answer is, it was from Moshe. And Moshe never says anything for himself. And if you don't believe me, go check. And the, and the angel goes and he checks. Which means, it wasn't so clear. This, this sounds very much like what the like what the Gemara in Megillah says it says that by the by the Klolos in, in, in Sefer Kohanim, meaning the Vaikra, one is not allowed to interrupt in between, you have to read all of it together. By the Klolos in Sefer Dvorim, you're allowed to stop. What's the difference? Says the Gemara, these are dangerous words to even read, but they are written down in the Gemara, so we have to read them, and then of course we have to understand them. The Gemara says, Halalu mipia kodush boruchu nemru, these in in Savior Vaikra were said from the mouth of Hashem. Uboloshan Rabbim uh, and in plural Namru. Whereas hello, these in Safer Dvorim Moshe Mipi Atzmo Amram. Moshe said them from his own mouth. Which is uh, mind boggling. What do you mean Moshe said it from his own mouth? So the so the morale uh, in in Tiferes' soul parak Mem Gimel goes uh, elaborates and explains it at length. The, of course, Chas uh, a person would literally be um, w- would not be called a mamin if if he believed that a single word in Sefer Dvarim was not a nevua bechin of nevuas Moshe, but it, but but it is a different bechin of nevua. It's a nevua where it's a, it's a nevua that Moshe has, but it's mitzad being Moshe. It's it's Moshe is saying that which which is a nevua. Moshe doesn't say in Sefer Dvarim, uh, Hashem or Zemar Hashem or Vaidaber Hashem al Moshe Lemor. It's Moshe speaking. But it's Moshe speaking words like Aaron over here says, Moshe doesn't say anything if it's not Mipia Gvura. It's all from Hashem, directly from Hashem, a nevua of Hashem. But there's no, you don't have that, that statement of, 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 of Zemar Hashem because. This is a Bechina of, now it's coming from the Makabal. That's Ayn Sham, Tiferes, Yisrael, Pergamim, Gimel. But then that would explain what's happening over here. That Moshe said it knowing 100% as a Nevoah that Hashem agrees to this. And that this is the Ratzon Hashem. And exactly like this. But since it didn't, it didn't, but it didn't come from up there. It came... From Mo- it came from up there through Moshe and up, as opposed to from up to down. It came through Moshe and up out of Moshe. The, the nevuah. So that's why the Malach initially said, "You're a shliach of Moshe Rabbeinu, and I'm tofel to Moshe Rabbeinu. I have to listen to Moshe Rabbeinu." But here I'm doing the rotz on Hashem. It says Moshe never says anything if not from Hashem. 
So this must also be from Hashem. If you don't believe me, which means it's not clear, let's go and check. And, and Hashem will confirm it. That's, that's what's happening here. So, so now we, so we ask the fundamental question. How can Moshe counteract a divine decree? The answer is that Moshe, being Nehman B'chol Beisi, was someone who, he never did anything milibo, he never did anything from his own heart. Everything was with Piyagvura. But here we see a demonstration of a different, of, of a different type of a nevuah, as opposed to Hashem saying it, it's Moshe Rabbeinu knowing with certainty that, that, that this is the Dvar Hashem that's coming out from Moshe. And perhaps that's the, that's the secret of the Ktoris over here, meaning that the greatness of Adam, the greatness of Adam over here, that we're seeing, is Adam is greater than Malach. Malach can receive instructions from Hashem. The greatness of Adam is that Adam can be a makabal to the Dvar Hashem to the point that the Dvar Hashem begins to come out of him. That the, the Sefer Dvarim is, was said by Moshe. Mipi Moshe Amr. But it wasn't Milibo. It didn't come from his heart. He didn't make it up. It came from, it came from Hashem throughout through Moshe. That's, that's, and that's what it means that Adam Lakham. He took these gifts from the angels with the name Adam. Because an Adam is a makabal to Hashem, he can be, he can become, so to speak, a partner with Hashem. That's that was the greatness to the point that Moshe Rabbeinu was imbued with the power to stop a magefer. A good Shabbos.